<laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this! <laughs> That was the worst accident I ever seen. Hello everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of From Beyond the Crypt, a Cryptids, Creepypastas, and Other Urban Legends podcast. And that is my dog Gunner, who apparently is, is a cryptid in his own. Get him, Gunner. He, he must have saw something and he's gonna try and protect me but anyway uh yeah and the other voice here uh you heard is of course my wonderful co-host uh uh today uh their name is tedrick diggory that is right that is right i am tedrick coming straight off the win of the triwizard tournament hey listen i wouldn't call that a win (laughs) i mean i may have gotten murked possibly at the end i don't know no spoilers i don't want to Ruin the fourth book for anybody. The fourth book that came out how many decades ago? <laughs> <laughs> but come on, man. Maybe they haven't seen the movies yet. That's true. Very true. That's very true. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't talk about how, you know, certain somebody dies. <laughs> That's right. Dobby dies. Dobby dies. Oh, no. Hedrick, Hedwig dies, too. What the fuck? Listen, I don't give a shit about Hedwig's death. Was like, probably... that, was, that was such an unnecessary death. Like I'm just reading the book. I'm like, okay, okay. Hedwig is like, well, that seems no. kind of out of nowhere. Moody's death was unnecessary. Fucking Fred fucking's death was yeah. fucking unnecessary. And so was fucking killing both Lupin and fucking Tonks. Yeah, like, what the fuck? is wrong with you like come on now and dobby uh like i don't give a shit about dobby dobby and hedwig i don't give a fuck about that (laughs) like you would think i give a shit because i was like super 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 mad at the thought of them actually executing buckbeak yeah but like no fuck that fuck those two absolutely not owls shit everywhere and they're loud and mean And then Dobby, come on, man. Like, fucking right off the bat, Dobby was toxic as fuck. He showed up and, like, was like, I'm going to be a fucking dick to Harry Potter. I'm going to do this as, like, a quote-unquote joke. Because I think I'm saving Harry Potter when reality is I'm just being another fucking asshole in his life. I was I was most upset about uh, Snape dying. I wasn't. Snape's toxic <laughs> as fuck too, dude. <laughs> Snape is literally the like fucking where's my hug fucking oh, at God. friend zone 
fucking where's my hug fucking girls only like assholes fucking neck beard all right he's the guy who believes that the power of witchcraft and anime is on his side (laughs) i got the power of anime on my side (laughs) he's like i've got the power of potions and anime on my side you will rule this day. I'm going to join the wizard Nazis. <laughs> How dare you I not mean, love me? I mean, basically. Oh, what's that? You died? I'm terribly depressed about it. Your husband died? Eh, not such a bad loss. I'm gonna. Like, everything about Snape was fucking toxic as shit from the get go. I'm gonna love your son. Uh, but not tell him all because he has your eyes but I'm also going to be very awful to him yeah he's like <laughs> he's like literally doing that stereotype like belief of like oh if they're picking on you that means they like you fucking mentality Yeah, it's like that he's like I'm flirting with him doesn't he notice <laughs> it's like fucking no you're being a toxic dick Come on, at least fucking Umbridge was up front with the fact that she was a fucking cunt. I fucking hate Umbridge so much. Oh, God. The minute she went pip-pip, she knew. She knew. She was there for violence, and everybody, including her, knew that's what she set out to do. Yes, fucking. Exactly. However, Snape's like, Ugh, I'm secretly Dumbledore's fucking best buddy in the whole world. But I'm also not because Lily is all I'm doing it for and she didn't want me so I joined a wizard Nazi cult. (laughs) Like everything that Snape did was just because he had feelings for Lily. Yeah, that's true. And he couldn't handle her being with somebody else so he decided to become a, a a wizard nationalist all right he turned into the fucking goddamn ben shapiro of fucking wizards okay they literally performed their own january 6th insurrection oh when they tried my. to fucking take over the ministry God. of magic back in the day oh that's how harry potter was made into the boy who lived wow Oh, man, but we are... Welcome uh, to my uh, Harry Potter Conspiracy Theories podcast. Unfortunately, we're not a Harry Potter Conspiracy Theory or uh, Snape Slander uh, podcast. Uh, We are the Cryptids, Creepypastas, and Other Urban Legends podcast. Uh, But uh, before we get into the Creepypastas we have for you today, uh, how have you been, Tedrick? I am fucking not good. And when I say I'm not good, I mean, like, mentally, I'm okay. You know, financially, not doing bad. Uh, But, like, my fucking body is just, like, beating the ever-living shit out of me right now. So everybody knows that I'm out for the stuff with my hand. Um, I'm gearing up to start going back to work. I'm going through some, like, occupational therapy to get it taken care of. Um... And I'm going to go back to work with some, like, accommodations for my shifts. 
Um, however, during the time that I was off, I decided, well, um, I was going down to the VA and I received uh, an email saying that it was time for me to get my Pfizer booster. So I decided I was going to get that and it was time to also renew my flu shot. So I got that as well. So they gave me the flu shot in my left arm and the, uh, the, the Pfizer booster in my right arm. And I swear to God, my bones have never hurt as much as they do right now. Like, I am so stiff. Like, my joints hurt. Like, the first couple of days of it, I was, like, pretty, like, I felt hot, but I wasn't, like, hot to the touch, you know? It was, it was fucking rough. Um, I'm still feeling kind of, like, the soreness from it. Uh, but, like, the, 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 like, the, the hot flashes or, like, the shivers and stuff like that, uh, that all went away pretty quick, which is nice. But I still gotta deal with, like, the fact that my entire body hurts now. And that's not been fun, because, like I said, I'm trying to go back to work, so. Damn, they, they asked you if you wanted a double shot, and you said yes, and immediately regretted the decision. Yeah. Well, see, the thing was, like, how do I put it? It was weird because, like, the first day, the side that hurt the most was the the booster shot. Then the second day, the, the arm that hurt the most was the flu shot. Then the third day, and then every day on after that, it was the the booster. So, like, I don't feel the flu where the flu shot was anymore. It's not, like stiff my arm isn't like sore or nothing from it there's no like bruised feeling from it but like the other arm i can't like even rotate my shoulder because it hurts so much it's like uh this is what it's like feeling like you have like zero cartilage you know yeah damn that's that's rough kids i uh and i've also just been sleeping you know yeah. Well, trying to sleep, but Worlds has been happening, so I've been like waking up at like seven o'clock every morning, and then probably falling asleep around midnight my time. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that because uh, uh, like because like normally it's like kind of uh, off and on, but it seems like here the past like few days it's been like almost clockwork. You'll either tag me or text me, uh, in or te- or or send me something on Twitter around the same time each morning, and it's usually around like. Around that around that time period, I'm like, oh, Teddy must be getting up early <laughs> for for something. Yeah, well, because I, I mean, worlds. it's been worlds like for like a hot minute, so my body's like in worlds mode. Yeah, but like now that enough, like we're far enough into the tournament, because we are into the uh, we are currently into like the semifinals or the quarterfinals right now, I think. Are we? Let me check here real quick. It's gonna bother me if I don't. Okay, so we're in the quarterfinals right now, um, and I watched all of every day of the of the play-ins, uh, play-in knockouts, the the groups. Uh, the groups just finished. Um, only one North American team made it out, and it was the team that. 
was our third seed that had to come in through the play-ins and there was a lot of like questions around them and they were like not sure how well they were going to do but they actually ended up clapping really hard um and like i don't know it just my super bowl so i'm always like watching it you know yeah oh yeah i, I feel you like i used to uh i haven't kept up with it like the past year or so uh as much as i'd wanted to but uh i, I used to be really big into following the uh, the halo championship series and I, I used to watch that all the time whenever whenever it would come out but yeah uh, i know all about how fun esports are, are are to watch this is this is like literally like i said this is my super bowl so yeah. like Lucky for me this year, they had it in Iceland, so, like, their nighttime schedule is, like, our morning schedule, so it's easy for me to wake up early and have, like, an actual decent, like, sleep pattern for it. Uh, But next year, it's going to be in America, so or North America, specifically, and it should have NA time zones, which will make it a lot easier and a lot, like, a lot later at night that I can like watch it and then just go to sleep and not be bothered too much without having to make my schedule all wonky like it is right now. Right. Unfortunately, we was having a little bit of technical difficulties there. Uh, thanks a lot, Zencaster. Uh, but uh, 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 please don't shut us down. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, it- nah, fuck it, fix your servers, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but yeah, that's interesting, Teddy. Uh, I like that that uh, that you get up and and watch that and everything. Uh, 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 I've mostly just been pretty much laid in bed uh, on my off days watching uh, the vast amount of horror stuff that has come out. Like uh, I know we've all recently seen Halloween Kills. Uh, I watched uh, all the available episodes so far of of I Know What You Did Last Summer TV series on Amazon. Uh, I binge watched all of you season three, and I'm currently on Squid Games. I have t- uh, two or three episodes left, and let me tell you, these past few episodes have absolutely wrecked me. But it is an I it is a great cry. it's a great show though. I will say I didn't cry like in Squid Game, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think it's bad. Like some people would absolutely wreck them, but I kind of figured a lot of stuff out. That was going to happen from, like, long before it happened, so I'm kind of, like, indifferent to, like, a lot of what happens. Because there is some rough shit that you haven't come across yet. And I'm not going to spoil it, but, like, you're going to be wrecked by it. Me, I, I'm just, like, very cold and analytical about it. You, you, you'll see what what I mean when you get to what scene I'm specifically referring to. I got you. I but gotcha. you'll understand me as a person a lot more when you realize, like, how that scene pertains to me. Yeah, I got you. And who knows, it it, it may get to me too. Like, the, uh, uh, there's just some things that get to me that I don't realize it. Like, I, I didn't realize that... Uh, you know, I, I, I won't say what it is because of spoilers, but I didn't realize that uh, uh, there was a certain scene in Halloween Kills that was going to break my fucking heart. But yeah, it, it literally did. I was like almost crying in the theater. I was like, damn. 
Tommy yes. Jarvis dies? <gasps> what? Whoa, spoilers, Teddy. You wasn't supposed to talk <laughs> about how Tommy Jarvis comes back and defeats Freddy in the Halloween film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's been pretty. Uh, I had a, I had a pretty great day the other day. Like I literally was off work, uh, and for the first time ever, I was off work. Had uh, no podcast to record, no plans to go anywhere. I literally had like snacks and food here at the house. I didn't have any obligation to leave, so I just stayed in bed and cuddled with my dog all day and watched just binged horror stuff. And it was absolutely one of my favorite days. I showed CC the Mummy for her first ever watch of it. Wait, which one? The very first one with, with Brendan oh, Fraser. Okay, I thought you meant uh, Boris uh, Boris Karloff, but no, that fucking that one's boring as fuck. <laughs> Cece and I both yeah. agree that one's boring. Wait, Cece's never seen Brendan Fraser Mummy until then. Yeah, that was like her first time ever watching it. What? Like what? What? <laughs> yeah, it's just wow. Is she. She's like, I mean, I can't I don't say know, anything. She... I just recently, just a couple like last week, I watched Halloween Town for the first time, and, and... well, it's like it's like it's just not her type of movie. So like, yeah. she got into like horror, especially recently. You know, yeah. P- please tell me she loved it. Uh, I mean, she thought it was okay. Okay, she says she kind of like lost interest at parts, but like, gotcha. I mean. Dude. There are some parts that are like faster than yeah, other parts, true. you know. But at least maybe now she'll she can understand sort of the hype, the why everybody loves that. Well, not only movie. that, but like she can also understand a bit more about the ride now yeah. because like she could see like the 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 similarities that happen in the movie as well as like how they happen on the ride as well. Yeah. So like she's also like kind of into that. Gotcha. Uh, that's actually a good segue. Uh, uh, I think I sent you the picture. Uh, whatever it happened, uh, John Silver from you know AEW, he he was there and he rode the mummy ride and he wore a Brendan Fraser shirt and, and he posted it on Twitter and said, uh, th- uh, "Thanks, Brendan Fraser, for for keeping me safe on the mummy ride." <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the funny part is, if you know anything about the mummy ride, that Brendan Fraser doesn't survive spoilers uh it's not spoilers sir (laughs) it is a ride at a universal park that you can easily go home uh go on youtube and look up the the ride through of it that's true just saying it would have been fine you know if he had just gotten his fucking coffee but just didn't get his coffee But yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I've done uh, here recently. Uh, But, you know, people's not here to listen to us talk about our uh, everyday life, even though I'm sure that would be fun to to chat about. Uh, Because we both have some interesting things every now and then and some pretty funny stories to share. But uh, we're here to talk about... Scary stories, creepy pastas, etc. And I think uh, I, I have one if we have time to share later that I found that I think would be fun to share. But I know 
uh, you have one that that you've been wanting to share, and so I think uh, it's time for you to share that, Tedwick. Yes, sir. It is. It is my turn to tell y'all a spooky story. Okay. Um, so I actually found this one uh, on creepypasta.com. Um, it's it's got eight out of ten for its rating. Uh, and I specifically picked it out because it's actually like military based. And uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I was in the military, um, and I actually like. I don't like the mi- mi- military industrial complex like as a whole, but I like the history of the military um and I I like the history of the world, especially like World War 2 um era. Um also the Korean War. Um I'm really also into um as well as like other history like in general. Um, so I picked this one because it's actually like military based and it's like based around like, uh, the world war one, world war two era. So yeah, yeah. World war one in 1918, uh, is where the story starts off. Uh, and this is called ghosts of the, our ghost of the trenches by Alec G man. Uh, November 11th, 1918. 9 a.m. The war was coming to an end, and Heinrich knew it. The Yankees had gotten involved, and the once great German Empire was surrounded on all sides, prime for invasion. The Russians had been defeated, but German forces couldn't continue without food or supplies that could assist them in fighting back. Heinrich had heard about a treaty being signed, but he hadn't been told anything else. It was a rumor that he wished could become a reality. War was hell. That was all Heinrich could think. Sitting in the disgusting trench with mud covering his once great uniform, he could feel his feet falling apart. Trench foot began to take shape. He shivered as nothing provided him warmth. He could feel his fingers freezing, his nose too. Heinrich joined the war in hopes of escaping from poverty that he had been subjected to during the war. His head parents had been taken from him. His father had been sent into battle, being killed in the opening moments of the war, and his mother suffering from an illness a year later. Woof. Rough life, fucking Heinrich. Um, Heinrich was only 17 at the time, and his 18th birthday had just passed him by. He wanted to cry. Oh, how desperately he wanted to cry. He couldn't, however. He couldn't show any weakness to his fellow soldiers or to his commanding officer, who he hated with every fiber of his being. He was relentless, throwing people into no man's land without a care for what happened to them. He watched time and time again as people were thrust into the dead zone, cut down by machine gun fire. Bang. It was starting again. The artillery barrage that had revolutionized warfare was now barring down on him once more. He couldn't take it. He couldn't take his eardrums ringing every time it happened. He couldn't take seeing his fellow soldiers be cut down by said artillery. Their bodies contorted into something unlike he had ever seen. Wow, this is really descriptive and somewhat triggering. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, 
Okay. Uh, sorry for anybody. Like I said, uh, I was in the military and I was on uh, a military base of specifically a uh, field artillery unit. And I now have tinnitus from very similar blasts that we had to be subjected to on base all the time. Um, I'm going to skip over some of the more like gorier stuff. Gotcha. It's just descriptive of it. It's just like blood sprayed and it's like innards flu. It's very, very rough for what like you would see in the military. You know, people blowing up. Stuff of that nature. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, I'm going to pick back up when he says he, he squeezed his eyes shut and held his head, gotcha. dropping his rifle and hoped for death to come swiftly. His shivering continued and grew worse as the barrage continued. By the third minute of the barrage, he was completely shaken and couldn't stop. He rocked back and forth, desperately praying for it to end. He couldn't take it anymore. He could feel the vibrations rock through the ground, crumbs of dirt falling from the wall of the trench and onto him. His head pounded with each shell that hit the ground, the pressure making his head feel as if it would explode and join the others that had fallen. He held his ears so tightly and escaped into his subconscious that he had become aware of when they had stopped. The barrage ended and Heinrich couldn't help but breathe. He took so many small breaths that he felt like as if he were hyperventilating. The dirt had stopped falling and the screams of the soldiers stopped all so suddenly. Was the war over? Was the treaty signed? These questions ate away at Heinrich, but he refused to open his eyes. He sat in silence for a few moments before finally deciding to open them. He was scared. Nothing could hide it. Not even from his commanding officer. He was ready to deal with the consequences of cowardice, a fate that many of his friends in the military suffered from. Cowardice was something that only little boys had, not men. He wasn't a little boy, and he wouldn't let anyone talk to him as such. His quick, his small quick breaths soon evolved into large deep breaths. His mind was feeling more at ease, but he still couldn't help but feel scared. Grabbing his rifle, he slowly rose to his feet, but made sure to keep his head ducked down. Heinrich was looking to his right. The trench extended for miles, but there were no bodies. He turned to his left to be faced with a similar prospect. Even the soldiers that had been destroyed in front of him were missing. He then took notice about how eerily quiet it was. No commanding officers barking orders at the soldiers, giving them orders. Yeah, kind of redundant sentence there, but... Uh, no gunshots, not even bird tweeting. Uh, not enough feeding. Blaming China. That's the bird tweeting. He couldn't even hear. He couldn't even hear Donald Trump tweeting in 1918. You know. Oh my god. <laughs> um, despite being more level-headed, his fear came back. What he had desired even scared him, so much to the point where he cowered back down. 
He didn't want to move until someone told him he could. Even the waste of a human life that was his commanding officer. 10 a.m. He sat in complete silence as the day dragged on, the freezing temperature taking a toll on his already limited mental health, as well as his physical being. He shoved his hands into his pant pockets, but they did not prevent them from freezing. He was going to freeze to death if he sat there, and he knew it. He had to find a way to, or he had to find help, and he needed something to keep him warm. With his knowledge, or with this knowledge, he stood once more. However, his haunch stance seemed to be no longer natural to him. He didn't notice that his head was sticking above the trench in the line of fire. He stepped forward, his feet bringing him some sort of, or his feet bringing him some pain but they were also too frozen to feel the pain to its fullest extent. He swallowed down the pain he did feel, and he eventually began to walk normally, albeit with a small limp. Yeah, I mean, you're not using your muscles. That makes sense. If you're in a cold situation, then your muscles are going to seize up, and then you're going to have to unlock them. Oh my god. Heinrich soon noticed his fatal mistake as a gunshot immediately rang he ducked down beneath the safety of his trench and he took the largest deep breaths that kept him calm the war wasn't over not yet at least another gunshot sounded but it didn't seem directed towards him he couldn't tell however a gunshot was a gunshot a man firing at another man regardless he heard the yells of a soldier possibly the one who was being shot at he couldn't tell but he didn't want to know the screams seemed to come from the op- from the opposing trench, but he knew. Sorry, but he was all right, knowing that, at least that it wasn't on his side. The familiar silence returned, and Heinrich waited for a few minutes before rising again. He made sure to stay hunched this time. However, ten fifteen a.m. Heinrich had been walking down the linear path of the trench for the better part of 15 minutes, only to come across no one. No soldiers, no bodies, nothing. He grew worried about the possibility of having been left behind in the trench while other soldiers went home, happy that the war was over. Why would they forget about him? Was he really that expendable? He knew he fought bravely, but the other soldiers loved to ridicule his posture. His height being his greatest downfall. His helmet showcased this. He had come close to death, but his helmet provided the necessary protection to allow the round to simply bounce off. Yeah, I hate to tell you, dude, even in World War One, those those helmets did not protect you from bullets. At all. Like, they would never shoot the top of your head. If they were going to put a bullet between your head, like, it's going to be in between your eyes, and <laughs> no helmet yeah, protects that. that's true. Like, not even in modern military. Like, if you have, like, full battle rattle for your military, like, so you get shot, and it's going to be in between the so eyes. you telling me we need a face shield. F- face shield? What, what the fuck's <laughs> a face shield going to do? You're going to walk around with, like... Four sheets Look, of like bulletproof glass on your face. Full, I'm wearing PPE, okay. <laughs> yeah, PPE doesn't stop a fifty fucking caliber bullet, man. Those things rip through tanks and concrete. Oh my god! Apparently, he was the young. Or sorry, let me kick back in the story. 
he was the youngest recruit in his regime our regiment god bleh, and he was humiliated for it also big mood um he could recall one such moment where his fellow soldiers surrounded him taunting him about his age and he wouldn't live to see what happened or live to see happiness god damn they were fucking rough <laughs> He would never be happy. He would never have a family. He would never have the same opportunities that they had. He tried turning the other cheek, tried to ignore them, but they would never leave him alone. It was almost gleeful to see them be mowed down by gunfire when they ran across the dead zone. God damn. Like, I've had some rough moments of basic training, but I would never fucking be fucking in any way shape or form gleeful towards like any of the fucking people in my basic training if they fucking lost their lives in the military i would still fucking mourn them because like we spent months together even if i don't like the person it still feels sad in some way like fucking this guy's like fuck those guys and like i mean i get it like i get the taunting like i had people tell me i didn't have the right to breathe air which is fucked up in its own right but like i don't think this is like fucking enough to wish them fucking death this is like some full metal jacket like level psycho shit <laughs> oh god yeah he's fucking this guy's crazy so he still didn't understand why he didn't join them in the charge. Somehow he remained exempt and he didn't know whether or not that that was a blessing or a curse. He always considered it a mix of both. That's also a mood. Heinrich paused. He didn't understand what was happening. If the war was over, wouldn't there be at least one other person in the trenches? Wouldn't there be someone to relieve him and send him home? He thought about the opposing trench as well and played with the idea in his head. The opposing trench had been quiet, and if the war was truly over, maybe they would be somewhat kind and not fire? He had heard stories about the Christmas truce that had happened a few years prior, and wonder if the same thing could happen now. While this guy is incredibly fucking naive for a soldier. <laughs> like, I get him being young, but like, damn dude disguised you know last year we got a truce do you think uh, uh guys we can get the same truce on christmas this year please this guy's gonna be like in the trenches yelling guys guys can't we all guys, just get stop. along he's gonna jump out and be like stop guys it's midnight if we're not good santa's not gonna fly over our guys guys it's christmas Let's just put our guns down for one minute. This is probably like this guy probably also believed the bullshit story when he was a kid of uh, sitting in school where you where you find out that the uh, the the the, uh, the pilgrims and the Indians uh, uh, ate Thanksgiving dinner together, and it's like yeah, that totally happened. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly how it happened yeah. in history. Tm. Yeah, the, 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 this guy probably sat there and like. Oh, so that's what happened. Okay. <laughs> him him as like a fucking five year old kid. Yep, that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. Nothing like, else could possibly be now, any kind of like more senseful. Now he's running around like hey, Christmas truce, guys. Christmas truce. Ah, uh, Christmas truce, come on. 
come on, you know. <laughs> it's February, but Christmas truce, come on, I mean, you know. It's in February, just extended Christmas time. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking dying. Heinrich paused. He didn't understand what was happening. If the war was over, wouldn't there be at least... Oh, I read this. Sorry, I lost my place, apparently. Okay. Soldiers of the time refused to fight one another. The spirit of Christmas keeping man from fighting itself. As cliche as that seemed to Heinrich, he wished it could have happened during his service. Any moment of peace he would have gladly accepted. He was still scared, and his shaking sl- reduced slight to a slight shiver from the cold weather, but he had to be a man. He had to be brave and not be a little boy. <laughs> that he was coerced into believing that he was. What the fuck? This... God damn, dude! You you let people in your platoon emasculate the fuck out of you. This guy is basically the uh, Family Guy skit where Peter is in the military and he's dressed as a clown, and and he's like, "Huh, you guys are stupid. They're gonna be looking for army men." (laughs) (laughs) That's where this guy is. I fucking can't. I can't. He's like, I can't be a boy. I need to be a man. You know what this reminds me of? Like, uh, I don't. You you watch Fairly Odd Parents, right? Yeah. So, did you ever see the episode where it's like the little nerdy kid and he doesn't have his glasses, and then he finds his glasses? Is like, I can see. If I can see, I can fight. And he like fucking rips his shirt off. Yeah. He's like turns into like super jacked guy. <laughs> That's gonna be this guy. He's like, I need to be a man. And he like slightly rips his like military like shirt, his undershirt. Yeah. He like fucking turns no, like, you know, super you, jacked. I know who I'm imagining. I'm imagining this guy is is Captain is Steve Rogers before the serum. In, in, in the oh movie. my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas trees. Just need guys. me some of that soldier serum, guys. Christmas trees, guys. Christmas trees. Oh my god! I mean, fucking. At least Steve Rogers punched Hitler to sell war bonds. I mean, it's way better than what this guy's doing. Guys, we can't fight. It's Christmas. Sing it with me, da who Wait, why is that? Why is that laser pointer on me? Oh God, I'm dying at this guy. Fucking talking about the spirit of Christmas keeping man from fighting itself, dude. I hate to tell you, like I've read a lot of wars about a lot of wars in my time. I've never heard of a Christmas truce. I didn't know that was a thing. Well, I'm just saying, like, so there are many wars in history that countries will observe like maybe a common religious holiday stuff of that nature korea has done that um where they've had several like ceasefires for like you know Uh, korean celebration kind of thing they they just Um, they're like 
go over. However, go over there and like bring him gifts and like, huh, yeah, enjoy, guys. Uh, you're fucking dead tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, no, they 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 won't bring like gifts to each other, but like they would just like do their own things without like having fear, gotcha. unless you're fucking you know Vietnam. Yeah. Then you know the North Vietnamese decide they're gonna attack on a holy holiday. They don't give a shit. <laughs> they said they they he lives in that kind of world. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, like World War Two, they didn't stop for Christmas. Yeah, they're like, uh, just saying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is war. <laughs> okay. What do you mean Santa doesn't come to the trenches? What do you mean he won't visit me on the beach in Normandy? <laughs> I survived out of my... I'm the only survivor out of my entire platoon. Oh my god, hold on. Let me find out where I was. I got distracted own, uh, again. His hunched form. Uh, oh, his hunched form. Okay. yeah, His hunched form transitioning into a full stance. And he stood still. A few long moments dragged on, but no soldier from the opposing trench had taken the opportunity to fire upon him. He slowly reached a small distance to the top of the trench. He grasped the ground tight, but he didn't move. His body wouldn't allow him to climb the trench. He took a few small deep breaths and, despite his body's unwillingness to cooperate, he quickly pulled himself and stood tall in the no man's land a dastardly move that could be the equivalent of suicide his deep breaths quickly became faster and faster as he waited for gunfire it never came it was working he was recreating peace that had happened before and now he could rejoice in the possibility he slowly inched his way closer and closer to the trench his arms raved above his head to signal his surrender, his legs shaking every time he took a step. He didn't even feel the pain in his feet as he approached the enemy trench. As he walked to the other side, he took in a moment to observe his surroundings. The bodies that had littered no man's land were also gone. He stood still as looked all he stood still and looked around him. The barbed wire and other little contraptions that would be scattered throughout were also missing. He couldn't help but wonder how long he had kept his eyes closed. Maybe he had fallen unconscious. He didn't understand how this could be possible. Someone would have had to have been there to tell him to leave. At some point, it didn't matter. He needed to find someone. A still living soul within the trenches. He stood above the enemy trench and looked down lowering his arms slowly and his mouth falling agape. The enemy was gone as well. No soldiers were in the trench, no cocking of rifles, no one yelling at him in a language that he didn't understand. There was simply nothing in the trench. I have a theory. Interesting. I don't know the ending of this, so uh, you're gonna have to like write down that theory yeah. so we can see if it I'll checks keep, out. I'll keep with it. I'm up with it. Like as I was reading, I was like, uh, I think I know where this is going. But okay, we'll see. Heinrich shook his head. He had heard yelling from before. He knew it come had come from this trench, but he couldn't find any person that could have made said noise. 
He hopped down into that trench, his rifle raised instinctively. He didn't know what to do anymore. He didn't know who to go to since no one seemed to be present outside of someone who was shooting. Heinrich turned both ways in the trench and, despite the situation, was quick to discover how ineffectively the trench was designed compared to the one that he was in. The trench spanned for miles and there was nothing to stop the trench itself from collapsing if it received too much damage in an artillery strike. He turned to his left and eyed the length of the trench. Click. Heinrich stood absolutely still as he heard the familiar sound. The voice that held the weapon spoke to him, seemingly trying to order him, but the language was unfamiliar to him. It was a Yankee. A damn Yankee, and now Heinrich was in his trench. Raising his arms, he slowly turned to face the enemy soldier. He was significantly older than Heinrich, at least 20 years older and with far more experience. His face was covered with dirt and dried blood. He was also injured. A large injury spanned across his chest. It was almost like something swiped at him. A large animal of some kind. The Yankee held his chest as he kept his pistol trained on Heinrich. Both men stared at each other, knowing they couldn't understand each other. Heinrich remembered the Christmas truce and how peace could still be possible, and now was his chance. This fucking god, this goddamn Christmas truce. <laughs> You know, he's just, he's just, he's, he's in the Christmas spirit. Apparently. He just believes that there is some miraculous Christmas miracle, okay? This is a Christmas story. This isn't even a military story. You guys got debated. He's like, he's like, wait, hold on a second. I remember reading about the Christmas truce on page 45 of the handbook, okay? Listen, when I signed the oath, I signed it with the intention that that we would be at least one Christmas truce each year, okay? (laughs) This was in my my signing agreement, okay? This is what my my recruiting officer uh, promised me. Listen, I want to speak to the manager. This was not in the terms and conditions. Listen, man, some people try to pull that with, like, saying shit like, oh, the recruiter promised me this, 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 and this. And the drill sergeant goes, uh, that's cool, but, uh, you're not getting any of that. And then be like, <laughs> why not? And then be like, thank you for, uh, thank you, recruiter. They, that's, that's, that's how they be doing that shit, that's man. That's they're called recruiters. Yep. Good. They make it seem all fucking flashy and nice. They're like, oh yeah, you're going to be a computer job. And they get stuck on a fucking artillery base. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to work with computers. And they were like, oh yeah, you're going to want to work on computers. computers? On the artillery base? <laughs> Basically, uh, we just set up and took down fucking, you know, $3 million um per missile fucking launch system that never really ever got fired well yep story of my life um sorry i absolutely fucking i cannot with this guy's christmas truce i (laughs) almost lost it earlier when he was like a a yankee a damn yankee (laughs) 
I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, fuck the Yankees. Yeah, I can just imagine. This like, guy Yankee. is clearly a Boston Red Sox fan, and this is just a really intense story about a baseball rivalry. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do the graphic. I'm going to do a graphic as a, a Boston Red Sox player uh, uh, talking about a Christmas truce to a Yankee. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my god it'd just be us and like one of us will be in new york stuff and one of us will be in boston stuff i'll be the boston one because that's where my family is from and i'll get beat up if i uh support the yankees <laughs> my aunt will come down with her fucking flip-flop and she will fucking beat me with it she already does like that with like the Patriots because I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars like fucking football fan. It's okay. Jokes on her. She lost Brady to the Buccaneers. Still an asshole though. Oh god. Okay, so you ready? Yep. I want to pick back up where I left off. I it took me a minute because I was dying again about the Christmas yeah, truce that I, I actually know. lost to my pot. Uh, place and then i forgot my thought <laughs> fucking God. okay he slowly lowered his rifle and touch until it fucking touched the soft mushy ground of the trench the yankee didn't seem as peace loving like heinrich was dude you fucking fought for germany in world war one bro you are not peace loving Oh my god, he eyed Heinrich carefully and followed suit with placing his pistol in his holster. Heinrich pointed at the Yankees' injury, to which only he responded with a gurgle of pain. Like, uh, like fucking, it's like, hey buddy, are you okay? And the person responds, it's like, that doesn't sound good. This is playing into my theory. Uh, yeah, you know, he got, he got fucking slashed up by, uh, you know, fucking poisoned blade of some sort. Now he's like, you know, uh, he pointed past Heinrich and his face was contorted from stoic militarism to a fearful cowardice. Heinrich turned back to see what he was pointing at. And responded in a very similar manner. He couldn't describe what he was seeing. Surely this was the thing that attacked the Yankee. But what was it? The Yankee tugged on Heinrich's collar and pulled him towards a small opening that Heinrich had glossed over when he had hopped down into the trench. He tossed Heinrich inside the opening and turned back to face the beast. He waved his arms and yelled something in English. He quickly ran in the opposite direction, continuing to yell. Heinrich watched as something flew past the opening and towards the Yankee. He wanted to help, but he knew the man was doomed by the thing, whatever it was. He heard the familiar screaming that he had heard prior, and he huddled his ears once more. The screams of the Yankees still made it through his clasped ears. This was unlike anything he had ever seen before. This wasn't a simple soldier to fight against. This was a beast, an animal with the desire to kill. He tried to understand what he had seen before he was thrust into 
the opening of the trench. The beast itself gave off the appearance of a wolf, but it was too tall or too big to be a traditional wolf. The color was also something that was very confusing to him. It was something that he was unfamiliar with. The closest color he'd think was a possible black and white, but then the colors contrasted each other in such a way that didn't make it appear black and white. What? That was very fucking weird. So... A werewolf? Well, no, I, I'm confused by the colors. Yeah, I am too. So, like, the closest color he could think of is, like, possibly was black and white, but the colors contrasted each other in such a way that it didn't appear black and white. Okay. So, like, it was black and white, but, like, maybe it, like, kind of shimmered, or maybe yeah. it was, like, re- glossy, so it just, like, appeared, like, one color. Yeah. So uh, a few de- details that Heinrich can make out were its razor sharp claws, its piercing black eyes with red pupils. I'm thinking werewolf. Now this is possibly this is not playing into my theory at all. Now my theory is out of the water so far. Hey, I'm here to blow up expectations. Yeah. 10:45. Heinrich waited in silence until he was certain that the beast was no longer near him. During this time, he planned a way to try to escape this thing, but he still needed to find someone. Someone to tell him that the war was over, that he could go home. His rifle was still on the ground outside of the opening. He planned to get it back and try to make a run for it, but outside of this, he didn't know where to go. There was only one way to go, and that was where the beast had come from. However, one thought ate away at Heinrich, very much like the trench foot eating away at his feet. Why did the Yankee save him? What reason did he have to lure the beast away? Heinrich could only theorize possibilities, but nothing that made sense to him. Maybe it was his visible age. Maybe he couldn't take... uh, Take seeing someone as young as him die, but he would have certainly killed people this young if he was involved with the war for as long as Heinrich believed. It could have also been just instinctual. Maybe the Yankee was good at heart. Heinrich shook his head, choosing to accept that the Yankee had done and made his sacrifice not in vain, unlike the many that had perished during the war. So this motherfucker was like, nope, nope, it was this destiny, this guy's destiny to die for me, to pass it on to me, you know? No, I was just thinking it may have just been the Christmas spirit. No, yeah, you know, it's that Christmas treaty, man. It just put him in an extra, extra charitable mood to the point where he'll, you know, go and fucking take a, take a wolf f- for him, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah, when you said the part, however, one thought. Uh, one thought ate away at Heinrich. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, where the hell is that Christmas truce? <laughs> oh my God. One thought that popped in the Heinrich's head in that moment. Bella, where the hell you been, Aloka? <laughs> Werewolf, where the hell you been, Aloka? Okay. You ready? Always. Okay, cool. 
A heavy fog had set in during Heinrich's wait, and he had a hard time seeing the opposing wall of the trench from his position. He was ready, and he had to take action before the beast would return and do what it had done to the Yankee. He peered out from the opening and tried to look both ways, but the fog was too heavy to see anything further than a few feet. He took a simple, single step outside of the opening, looking around for his rifle. His frozen fingers felt the cold metal of the rifle, and he quickly snatched it up. He looked in the direction that the Yankee had run and walked the opposite, hoping to find a way out of whatever situation that he had found himself in. His feet began to hurt badly. Trenchfoot began to take a serious toll on his feet. He stumbled as the pain surged, almost causing him to fall. Placing the butt of the rifle on the ground, he began using it as a walking stick, trying hard to stay up with the pain urging him to fall. His boots squished on the wet ground, his feet feeling brittle with the amounts of water that they had consumed. He could feel his fresh within his boots slowly beginning to fall off. The peeling and small tearing grew larger and larger as he continued to walk. At many points, he had to kneel just to lessen the pain as much as he could. He knew that even if he survived this encounter, his feet would not have the same luck. Jesus Christ. Fucking, this trench foot sounds fucking awful. Let me look this shit up real quick. Hold on, let me look how bad trench foot is. Oh, shit. Oh, it was during World War One. Oh, wow. They can actually uh, cause you to be unable to walk and possibly lead to tissue loss, gangrene, and, like, amputation as like a final thing fun facts you learn uh <laughs> i had never heard of trench foot before but even in the military because we were we didn't serve in like that cold of uh, like a place jesus christ so that sounds awful could you imagine that kyle no that sounds awful you're just walking, you start to feel your, like, fucking skin on your feet just, like, fucking shed off, you know? Ugh. At many points, he had to kneel. He just survived his feet with a suck. That. Blah, 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 blah. He knew that even if he survived this encounter, his feet wouldn't have the same luck. A small booming noise made Heinrich grow nervous. It sounded farther away, but he remained hopeful that it wouldn't come for him. The moment it sounded again, this time much closer, he grew more and more nervous. The fear was coming back to him, and he did the only thing he knew how to keep it at bay. He took large deep breaths as he tried to move faster, his feet not cooperating due to a combination of the freezing temperature that had seemingly gotten much colder. The booming noise grew into a consistent noise that Heinrich would hear every few seconds. He cursed the fog many times in his native language. 
It had no reason to set now, especially in such a short time. 10.55 a.m. Heinrich picked up the pace as soon as the booming noise was heard directly behind him. He practiced his practicing stoicism fleeted and he was only left with fear. He knew the creature was close and he was quickly running out of options. His stumbling eventually became his biggest detriment as he fell, tumbling to the ground. His feet burning, he cursed in German once more. As he turned onto his back, he could see the silhouette of the creature, slightly illuminating through the thick fog. The creature towered over Heinrich as it stomped closer and closer. Heinrich quickly raised his rifle at the creature and fired. It yelled in agony, but it continued to move towards him. 10.57 a.m. It looked down upon Heinrich with rage. Despite its injury, it roared as it approached the young soldier. Its prey being nothing more than a minuscule piece of meat to consume, it picked poorly, but now it was fully committed to its choice. The Yankee wasn't enough for its creature. It was starving. Heinrich crawled backwards, trying to make as much distance as he could from the creature. He aimed his rifle at it once more, cocked it, and fired. This time, the creature seemingly slightly affected as it stumbled upon being hit. However, it was still coming for him. 10.59 a.m. The creature reached out to Heinrich and picked up the man by his neck. It squeezed and squeezed and squeezed, causing Heinrich to start choking, unable to breathe. It revealed its sharp teeth to Heinrich and began to draw him closer and closer to its mouth. The claws dug into the man's neck as he approached the creature. He frantically began to search his utility belt, attempting to find something, anything, that could cause the creature to lose its grip. He finally discovered his bayonet that he hadn't yet attached to his rifle. He quickly ripped it from its pouch and stabbed the creature's hand, causing it to let go. He fell to his feet, the immense pain causing him to forget the pain around his neck. It had long enough it had enough it had had enough of Heinrich's resilience. It refused to allow the small piece of nothing to defeat it. It stomped on Heinrich's feet, breaking them. Bone fragments scattered the trench, but it had finally given Heinrich's feet the relief that he desperately wanted. He felt no pain at first, but it soon grew into excruciating pain. It stood over Heinrich and clawed raised his clawed arms. Heinrich looked up at the creature half delirious. As the creature swung, Heinrich squeezed his eyes tightly, awaiting death, his last thought being that his par- of that of his parents and how he would join them soon. They would finally be happy together again, something that he had never experienced. Their sweet embrace brought him one single moment of silence before the darkness took him. 11 a.m. The war was over. On the 11th hour of the 11th day, the 11th month of 1918, a ceasefire had been called and was now taking into effect all nations that had been involved in the war. Many people had lost their lives in the conflict and many had gone missing. Among those missing, Heinrich, the Yankee, and whoever else had been subjected to the creature's sick, demented hunt. The creature, however, was not satiated. It would never it had never been fulfilled 
with its own hunts and its hunger bellowed. It had no choice but wait until the next world conflict that humanity would inevitably start. It's willing to wait however long it needed. Patience was a virtue that it excelled in, something that it hu- knew humans lacked over a long period of time. They were needy, and eventually something would cause chaos. It was inevitable. For now, it simply watched and observed humanity's next move, awaiting its next meal. And that's it. That's wow. I was about to say the uh, that last bit. That was the weirdest uh, Christmas truce I ever read about. Yeah. No, man. Fucking. If, uh, imagine just you know, if he had just waited a couple more uh, fucking moments instead of running and bolting out like he did. Yeah. Uh, he would have got his Christmas truce and the werewolf would have been like, oh man, I can't attack you anymore. It's a Christmas truce. Got to wait for the next world war. Sorry, guy. Yeah. It's like, is it a werewolf? But like, what is it? I don't know. Whatever it does, it stomps, it stomps on your fucking thing and shins, uh, sends bone shards fucking spraying it across the trench. The creature thing was really weird touch to add at the end. Uh, I was thinking it was going to go the way of 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 Heinrich uh, basically realizing that uh, he was killed and didn't realize it, and that he was running around in limbo, and that the person he saw, like when it said that he saw the Yankee and the, the Yankee like a slash mark or whatever, I thought that meant yeah. that he was seeing other people who have also died, mm. and that they were just oh within yeah, the trench, and they were just stuck. Th- in that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been That's cool. What I thought was going on. I, I I like how they the that they blend like like historical like yeah. things that happen and then add like supernatural yeah, or like, like stuff I'm sitting to here that nature. It's like you know people who have died and didn't realize they're dead, and then all of a sudden a, a fucking werewolf comes out of nowhere. I'm like, well, that just well okay. Well, they just shit on my theory. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a, a very similar uh, concept that was used in Creepshow. Oh really? Yeah, one of the the episodes was about like a military unit that like comes across the Nazis and like they find like a girl who that the Nazis have like locked up and they find out she's a van- uh, a werewolf. Oh shit! So, um, and they like she's dying, so they're like, "Hey, give us the you know bite us, turn us, so we can like go kill these motherfuckers." And she's like, "Okay, oh, okay, yeah, sure." <laughs> Christmas truce and all. And then they, the like, the American soldiers all become like werewolves and like kill like all the Germans oh, wow. and shit. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's an interesting story. Yeah, uh, I mean, I liked it. I liked it for what it was. Uh, very uh, short and sweet. I liked the fact that it played like out like a time frame. Yeah. Like it gave you the time frame. I will say though that like it goes from like ten forty five, but then there's like other times that are like in the on the previous day that are around like the same time. You know, it's very hard to keep track with some of them because they're like minutes apart. You know. Yeah. 
but like I, I you I like the fact that they even included like it broken down to the minutes. It's just sometimes like I'll forget like them and I'll get confused. But overall I thought it was good. I will give it a for myself, I think I'm gonna give it like four hundred pen bowls. Uh I'm gonna go with three and a half. Why? Because you weren't. Because it wasn't the limbo, the limbo angle you wanted. Well, well yeah, like I, I, it seemed like it was going one way, and then just out of nowhere, a werewolf comes out, or or we assume is a werewolf. I mean, to I be fair, when a guy show, when a guy shows up with a giant slash in his chest, I'm immediately thinking, well, he either got it from like a creature, or uh, you know, he got it from like a fucking predator, you know. Yeah. So like they went the werewolf route with it. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, if it it's is not, a, I mean, I just assume it's a werewolf. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's actually werewolf. tagged under yeah, it's tagged under wolf oh, okay. as well. Okay. So, so they got you. Okay. So it's some fucking like ageless fucking werewolf creature. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. What about the Christmas trees? Poor Christmas truce. That's going to be the name of the episode. But what about the Christmas truce? What about the Christmas truce? That's just, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty fun episode. No, I'm glad, like, I'm glad like, you like enjoyed the story, like sir. Story. Yeah, it was good. I, I found that, I found that randomly and I was like, oh, it fills my niche of like, you know, monsters and like military. Yeah. Uh, mine's, uh, a, a mine's sort of short if, uh, if I have time to share it, unless you want me to wait. Um, I mean, I, I am burning a little bit of the candle at, at the uh, wrong ends here, only because I'm still kind of like woozy from like the the shot. Gotcha, gotcha. That's fine. We can just do your your story. I'll do mine next uh, next time. Or we can. I mean, if you want to, we can record like another one tomorrow, and then just kind of like match them together. We can try to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be too hard to do that. It's true. Alright, so, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, be back tomorrow, and we'll record the second part. That's right. We shall. So, for now, uh, we will put a kibosh on this. Uh, thank you for listening, and, uh, we'll see you during Kyle's story. And welcome back. Uh, uh, Teddy just uh, gave their story and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was uh, it was interesting with that maybe werewolf twist, if that's what it was. But I uh, think it was just a giant Teddy fucking Nat- wolf. It, it could have been. It could have been. But Teddy Dale, uh I am ready to tell you my story. And uh, this week's story, I didn't get off of uh, creepypasta.com that I normally uh, uh, get get stories off of. I actually went back to uh, uh, R No Sleep, the 
the No Sleep subreddit, and uh, I'm going to read you one that I read years ago that I just immediately uh, really liked. I think this was actually one of the first things I read on No Sleep that really got me in, in, into into the subreddit and reading like uh, spooky stories and stuff. So I'm excited to share it with you. Uh, this one will involve. Uh, I'll read uh, the story, but then there's also like screenshots. So I'll just read off and kind of describe what the screenshots are, as well. But uh, are you ready, uh, Teddy? Excuse me, I am Ted that bitch. Oh, Ted that bitch. Ted that bitch. Yes, are sir. Yes, I am. All right, so. We're going to go ahead and start. Uh, so this is uh, submitted by user Nate SW, and it was submitted seven years ago. This is how old this one is, but it's really good. Uh, so the, the title of this is, My Dead Girlfriend Keeps Messaging Me on Facebook. I've got the screenshots. I don't know what to do. Tonight's kind of a catalyst for this post. I just received another message, and it's worse than any of the others. My girlfriend died on the 7th of August, 2012. She was involved in a three-car collision driving home from work when someone ran a red light. She passed away within minutes on the scene. We had been dating for five years at that point. She wasn't big on the idea of, mar uh, of marriage. It felt archaic, she said, gave her a weird vibe. But if she had been, uh, but if she had been, I would have married her within three months of our relationship. She was vibrant, the kind of girl that would choose a dare every time she was happiest when camping but a total a technophile too she's always uh she always yeah. smells like cinnamon <laughs> like don't get me wrong like what a... i like the smell of cinnamon but like only during certain times like you can't be smelling like cinnamon yeah. during summer you're gonna give somebody heartburn you know <laughs> that's all fall when it's cold out you know, because then the smell makes yeah. you feel warm inside, you know? Like, you wear yeah. that during summer, you smell itchy. like that during summer, you're going to give somebody heartburn. <laughs> I like how he describes his girlfriend all these, like, great things and ends it with, and she smelled like, she also smelled like cinnamon. <laughs> it's like, okay, Also, well. uh, you know, there's a term that you don't have to make it seem like gross i guess it's just called a yeah. techie you don't need to call somebody a technophile this isn't like yeah this yeah. isn't some like edgy like early 2000s movie that doesn't quite understand the concept of the internet so they just sling whatever internet sounding terms sound like the term is techie yeah. if somebody's into yeah. technology they're a techie all right it's like being a Trekkie, but more socially acceptable because they fix your shit. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, with that being said, she's perfect. She, she, she wasn't perfect. She always said something along the lines of, if I cark it first, don't just say good things about me. I've never liked that. If you don't pay me out, you're doing me a disservice. I've got so many flaws, and that's just part of me. So this is for M., the music she said she liked and the music she always liked were very different. Her idea of affection was a side hug. She had a really she had really long toes. Like Fucking a mood! She got the monkey toes, baby! 
I have monkey toes I use them to turn off the lights. Uh, yeah. You know those kinds that you twist the knob on? I used to be able to turn those off with my feet. I'm also good with grabbing stuff with them. So I will literally yeah. pick stuff up from the floor and just like ninja kick it into like the like dirty clothes or something, you know? <laughs> or like if it's like yeah. a, something I need to pick up, I'm always good about like kicking it up so I can grab it with my hand. Very ambidextrous with my toes. Very monkey-like. <laughs> I know that's tangential, but I don't feel right discussing her without you having an idea of what she lo- of what she was like, like. a chimpanzee. Onto the meat. Yeah. <laughs> Onto the meat. Yum had been dead for approaching 13 months when she first messaged me. Uh, this is where it began. I had left Emily's Facebook uh, account activated so I could send her the occasional message, post on her wall, go through her albums. It felt too final and too un-Emily to, to memorialize it. If I uh, I share access with her mother, Susan, meaning her mother has her login and password and has spent a total of approximately three minutes on the website or on a computer total. After a little confusion, I assumed it was her and now I'm going to read off what the screenshot was. The This is uh, dated September 4th, uh, 2013. And it, it's like your typical Facebook Messenger uh, screenshot. And it, it has uh, his girlfriend's account, Emily, and it just says, hello. And then he replies, uh, his name is Nathan. He replies, who is this? It's really weird receiving messages from Emily's account. And then Nathan replies, two question marks. Okay, well, well, in the future... Please send me messages from your account, even if you want to discuss her page. And then Emily replied, hello. And then Nathan replied, Susan, you're on Emily's account. November 16th, 2013. I had received confirmation from Susan that she she hadn't logged into M's Facebook since the week of her death. M knew a lot of people, so I instantly assumed... This was one of her more tech-savvy friends fucking with me in the worst possible way. And the screenshot, it's uh, it, you know, it's another messenger thing, and, it, and it's just a reply of where Emily said, Hello, let's hit up, and uh, it has it marked out uh, rail this Sunday. I assume that that's uh, tr- going to give out trail. location. Yeah, and so Nathan replied, Who the fuck is this? And Emily says... The wheels on the bus, and Nathan says, "Please tell me who you are." And so then he says, "I noticed pretty much immediately that who whoever was chatting with me was recycling old messages from M and my's and mine uh, my shared hit, uh, chat chat history." And if you and he, he uh, uh, Nathan went ahead and like searched the words to show that she did reply these back years ago when she was still alive so that they are recycling words from their chat history the wheels on the bus comment was from when we were discussing songs to play on a road trip that never eventuated uh, hello happened a million times around february 2014 uh, emily started tagging herself in my photos i would get notifications for them but the tag would generally always be removed by the time i got to it the first time I actually caught one, it felt like someone had punched me in the gut. She would tag herself in spaces where it was plausible for her to be or where she would usually hang out. 
I've got screenshots of two from April and June. These are the only ones I've caught, so they're a little out of the timeline I'm trying to uh, write out. And the first screenshot is, uh, it shows a picture of Nathan, but he his face is kind of marked out. He don't want to show you who he is. And uh, uh, Emily has tagged herself behind him, behind his chair. And then the second screenshot is another picture of Nathan and this time he looks like he, he has a drink in his hand and his face is obviously blurred out and then Emily has herself tagged uh, in the picture sitting right beside him. Around this period of time I stopped being able to sleep. I was too angry to sleep. She would tag herself in random photos every couple of uh, weeks. The friends who noticed and said something thought it was a fucked up bug. I found out recently that there had been friends who have noticed and didn't say anything. Some of them have removed me from their Facebook yeah. friends. At this, yeah, I know. At this point, some of you may be wondering why I didn't just kill my Facebook profile. I wish I had. I did for a little while. On days when I can't, when I can't get out out there, though, it's nice having my friends available to chat. It's nice visiting visiting M's page when the little green circle isn't next to her name. I was already socially reclusive when M was alive. Her death turned me into something pretty close to, uh, to a hermit, and Facebook and, and and MMOs were are my only real social Boop. outlets. <laughs> That's a big ass move. <laughs> and then on on March fifteenth, I sent what I assumed was M's hacker a message, and the message he sent was, "Why are you doing this? Why do you keep tagging her?" On March twenty fifth, I received an answer. And then the answer, the reply is Emily saying hello, 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 hello. And Nathan says, uh, this is actually devastating. I don't know why you why you enjoy doing this. Emily says, OMG, cinnamon scented candles. Nathan says, go to hell. And M says, why are you doing this? And he, he says, it wasn't until I was going over those logs a few months later that I noticed she was recycling my own words as well. My response seems kind of lackluster here. I was intentionally providing him slash her with emotional bait. This is actually devastating to keep them interested in their game. I was working off the assumption that the kind of person to do this would be the kind of person that would uh, thrive on the distress of others. I was posting in tech forums, looking for ways to track this person, contacting Facebook. I needed to keep them around so I could gather evidence. Before anyone asks, yes, I had changed the password and all security info countless times. 16th of April, I received this. And the screenshot is Emily saying, We should make our own jam. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ, Samantha. Not different. No chance of passing. No chance of passing. How many? Garage side door. Side. Ah, no chance of passing. I hadn't discovered any leads. Facebook had told me the locations her page had been uh, accessed from, uh, but since her death, they're all places I can account for. My home, my work, her mom's house, etc. My response here wasn't bait. Yo, asked Nathan, was an end joke, too lame worth explaining, but seeing her say it again just absolutely fucking crippled me. My reaction to real life was much less prettier. I'm not expecting my bond back. I... Her last me uh, few messages had started to scare me, but I wouldn't admit it at this point. 8th of May. I don't really have the words for this. 
and the screenshot is Emily saying ah ah negative 12 negative 15 my jumpers in the dryer and it's really cold out really cold out cold cold Nathan please stop ah cold freezing I don't know what's happening freezing is the first original word she's made this had been giving me nightmares that have only started to kick in recently I keep dreaming that she's in an ice-cold car, frozen blue and gray, and I'm standing outside in the warmth, screaming at her to open the door. She doesn't even realize I'm there. Sometimes her legs are outside with me. 24th of May. Nathan says, I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever's on this account, I don't give a fuck. I keep coming home from work and expecting to see you at the computer. Shouldn't I be used to that by now? Emily. Us, let me walk. I wasn't actually drunk. She wasn't an affectionate girl, and it always embarrassed her to exchange I love you, cuddle, talk about how much we meant to each other. She was more comfortable with us when it was boozed up. I get fake drunk a lot. I got fake drunk a lot. Her reply is what prompted me to finally memorialize her page, thinking it might help curb this behavior. It might seem innocuous compared to her previous message is pasted from an old conversation where I was trying to convince her to let me drive her home from her friends. In the collision, the dashboard had crushed her. She was severed in a diagonal line from right hip to midway down her left thigh. One of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. Going back in time, 7th of August, 2012. And the, it's a screenshot of where it says, uh, where Nathan says, uh, Gray Street somewhere. Nathan says, Hey, you on your way home, Emily? When you see this message, please ring me straight away. I ring, uh, and it's marked, the name's marked out, and they said you left at four. I'm starting to panic. I feel sick to my stomach. Please, please ring me. Emily, Emily, answer your phone. I'm, I'm memorialized. No, the, the, these are these are logs from the day that she died. She was usually home from work by 4.30. This, alongside a couple of voicemail messages, is the last time I talked to her under the assumption that she was alive. You'll see why I'm showing you these soon. Yesterday, 1st of July, 2014. And the screenshot is Emily saying, Hey, are uh, you on your way home, Emily? When you see this message, please ring me straight away. Please stop. I rang blank. Uh, you left it, said you left at five. I'm starting to panic. Please stop. Cold. Emily, and Emily says, Emily, Emily, answer your phone. I don't know what's happening. Cold. Freezing. And he says, I memorialized her page a couple of days after I received this message about walking. Until today, she'd been quiet. She wasn't even tagging herself in my photos. I don't know what to do anymore. Do I kill her memorial page? What if it is her? I want to puke. I don't know what's happening. I just heard a Facebook alert. I'm too af uh, afraid to swap windows and check it. Ooh, spooky. Yep. And that's it. I like it. I, I do too. I, I, I'm wondering... I'm wondering if, if it's really her or if this guy is so overcome with grief that he's logging into her account uh and doing it himself without realizing it i don't know i i kind i kind of see the like spirit like aspect of it you know you're trying somebody's yeah. reaching out in the way that like maybe they knew best how to when they were alive 
you know, social yeah. media, a lot of people in our day and age, you know, if we turn into ghosts, I guarantee you a lot of us are going to try to reach it via social media, especially if social media was like yeah. a huge part of your life, you know? Yeah, it's true. It, 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 uh, I love how terrifying uh, it's like terrifying when you see where she like tagged herself in photos and it's literally like as if she was sitting by she her was. or something. The camera yeah. picked it up. I thought that was, yeah. I'm dying though. Like yeah. I didn't mean to crack up and I don't know if you could hear me laughing a little bit while you were uh, fucking telling the story, but so if you go down into um, for anybody who doesn't know what's going on um this is on r slash no sleep so uh, i'm referencing one of the comments that somebody made uh, this is a comment by brown snake 84 um kyle click on that image click, click on, on the, the the photo bucket link that's underneath uh the person talking about doing their taxes Okay, hold on. The person's thing says, I think I've got the answer here. This is a lifesaver. Okay, hold on. I'm, this is okay, I'm checking it. <laughs> the dead reaching out help is here. Install cease and desist. No Walker. more pop ups. Chat with confidence. Ignore, Ignore the, the dead. dead. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Again. Mildred again. <laughs> Facebook light. <laughs> That's fucking great. So yeah, that. it's it's a meme somebody oh. made that makes it seem like a like a product or a service that they're offering that blocks like dead people yeah. reaching out to you via social media. That's and they use great. the the cold, so cold freezing part as like on Mildred's, yeah. like, message. Oh, God, and Mildred again. <laughs> Could you imagine, though, if that, like, it was, like, legitimately your, like, sibling or significant oh. other, somebody reaching out, and you're, like, left on red. <laughs> like, sorry, bro, I was playing, uh, playing League of Legends. I couldn't fucking respond. Yeah. I would, that that would be like if C, if CC died. Oh, if CC died, that's okay. how I would. There uh, was a... That's how I would. Uh, like she'd be reaching out to me and stuff like that. I'd never see it because I'd be playing League yeah. of Legends. There's uh, the, the, there was an update. He did say that he checked the alert. Uh, I heard heard as it was as it was compiling and and editing the post. This was the message, and he posted the screenshot. And it's literally a screenshot. Oh, it's actually a picture of the outside of his room where he's on the computer. And Emily's uh, tagged herself in it, and under it says freezing. And he says, that's my door. That's my computer. It's taken from outside. I got the message three hours ago, but didn't check it until now. I'm on my tablet in my garage. Zen for now. Going to drive to friends. Forgot to open the garage door in my panic. So building up the nerve, building up the nerve to get out to do that now. That's the last update on the story. Wow. So yeah, they're a ghost. 
Yep. And you want to know why that was the last update? Because the ghost took him with her! That was me being dramatic. Basically. You're welcome. Fucking, I'm posting this in the meme section. The fucking cease and desist thing? Yeah. (laughs) You gotta send this story with it, though. Oh god, Angel drinking. <laughs> I just can't get over that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, that. It's just happy hump day. But yeah, that's uh, that was my story. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, it, it. It's short and sweet, but it's short and simple, but like it's still effective. I like the use of uh, it being basically like screenshots and stuff. At like first, that. honestly, I didn't realize that those were screenshots. So I was like, what the hell? Yeah. I had to like click them and like actually see what they were. Yeah. God, Ben Shapiro and Elon Musk are both cringe. Like as teenagers. But, uh... Sorry, <laughs> I had a random but... like brain like derp. Like no, it. that's fine. But yeah, uh, I'd say I'd probably give it a f- probably four out of five. I, I I would say it's up there. I'd give it a four and a half out of five. Yeah, I oh, liked wow. it. I liked the like supporting evidence. They wrote it in a clear and concise manner. You know, it yeah. was easy to digest. I liked it. Yeah, uh, hope you that that was our that was our stories for this episode. Uh, Teddy, you got any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah. Um, just know that ghosts of any loved ones who may come back and try to message me, Facebook Messenger is definitely not the route to do it. Uh, maybe definitely create not. a League of Legends account and. Then message me through there, and I'll probably see it way before I will probably see it on Messenger, especially if I'm actively playing League of Legends. I will see that notification go off and go, oh, well, that sucks, and then continue playing. (laughs) I will stop playing League of Legends when I am dead. All right? Well, even then, that's how CeCe's going to know that I'm going to be alive, because I'm going to go out before her. She's going to come home one day, she's going to be some old lady, and just randomly League of Legends is going to be playing in the background, and she's going to be like, who turned yeah. this on? Who God installed damn this? Damn it, Teddy. <laughs> she's going to be some old, old yep. lady, and I'm going to be like, still fucking hard stuck in bronze. I'll be dead, and I'm still hard stuck. Uh, good shit. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I enjoyed the uh, stories on this week. Yeah, and it was nice that we were able to do this little special thing to, uh, you know, uh, also tell your story because, you know, exactly. It was they were both pretty good baggers, you know. They were, they were. I I enjoy our spooky story episodes. I do. Fun. I think. uh, 
uh, next uh, next episode where yes, we uh, did have to re-record this episode because uh, Mr. Prescott's uh, Zencaster was being a potato. Very bad. Um, so we are going to be doing D again. Doing the D. We'll be bringing the D and to you And it's going to be a special that episode. Yes, sir, because we are going to be covering a dragons. Dragons. Yep. Everybody knows about dragons. We're going to go... There's still yeah, we're going to go a little in-depth in them, like their history, like their cultural significance, and any possible sightings. Exactly. But yeah, uh, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, we appreciate everybody who uh, who takes the time to check our little show out. We appreciate the listens. Uh, and uh, if you if you have any uh, any friends who may be interested in listening to creepypastas or cryptids or uh, or urban legends, uh, uh, show them our show. Or if you're on Twitter, check us out on Twitter at uh, FBTC Podcast. Or if you're my therapist who also does these type of podcasts, hello and welcome. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, we appreciate it. And uh, any uh, any uh, uh, any housekeeping you need to do? Uh, I mean, no, I. Uh, Follow me at CuzCats1989 on Twitter. Uh, follow me on right. CuzCats89 at Twitch, uh, where I stream sometimes. Um, I will get you and Cece on, and, and, and Kali on a regular schedule soon. It is my goal. I mean, yeah, I, I'd love that, but check it out. Um... I do mostly League of Legends streaming, uh, some Diablo, which is what I've played recent, recently. Um, anything that kind of piques my interest, uh, I kind of play on my stream. Sometimes I also do Kingdom Hearts debates or debates relating to video games. Yes, and very famous people uh, call in and oh, ask yeah, questions. You know, totally, totally famous people. Yes. Uh, definitely not made up names. I mean they're definitely not made up names they're just <laughs> alright anyways uh, I'm not going to keep droning on I yeah. uh, hope you guys have a good night and uh, you know we're glad we were able to do this little special for you peace yep we appreciate it and if you're ever down on your luck and having money problems the squid game is there for yes. you